Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and More. Welcome to the 15th episode of the NBA podcast. My name is Morton Jensen. Alongside me, Sarah Chilea. How are you, Sarah? I'm well, Morton. How are you? I'm doing well. We're without Brian, so of course I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We Brian supporter could be there today. He kind of busy, and he I believe he even missed the first half of the finals, didn't he? Yep, poor Brian. He, yeah, he was flying. He ordered a flight during the exact time of Game 7. That's Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance yeah he was very very overconfident in his pick yeah <laughs> which i guess we can't really blame him for but i, I think we all were like mm-hmm. everyone who really chose golden state were overconfident yeah definitely although going into game seven i said I, I, it feels crazy but i'm leaning toward caps and well there I you mean, go did you did you think that or no still not at all uh, no, I, I actually recorded a Danish podcast, and um, I was asked that question, and I was like, I'm not going to make a prediction because I feel it's so 50-50. Mm. I, I just didn't dare come come up with a prediction. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel, like, safe at any point with, with Golden State even being at home. So, yeah, so you still didn't feel, yeah, confident no. that they were going to win. That's the thing. It was so yeah. weird. It's like they're at home, they're Golden State, but it's still, yeah. yeah. I still felt like the Cavs were going to take it because it's like, you know, Bogut out, not to make excuses, but Bogut out, Iggy hobbled, mm. uh, Steph never looked right. You know, all the things that made them a great team, you know, those layers started to peel back a little bit. It's like any team, if that starts to happen to them, and I don't care who it is, you know, they're going to have to make adjustments, you know, other people have to step into roles that they're not used to, and 
hey, LeBron was playing great at that point, and you just never know what's going to happen. The Bogut and Icky injuries were definitely on my mind, but more so, and you touched on this as well, the Stephen Curry predicament or whatever you want to call it, like what happened? Like was he healthy? Wasn't he healthy? I have no idea what's like what's going on with him right now. But he, he just looked so timid, so passive throughout the course of the series. I think he had like one game where he went off for 38, Yeah, I want to say. And then from there on out, or or outside of that, rather, he was just, like, <laughs> he wasn't the MVP. Let's just take it to that one. Mm, it was very, yeah. very strange. And you know what else? Like, I guess we can get into that when we cover the game a little more, but. It's like those last four and a half minutes or whatever when Golden State didn't score. They really went away from... It's like they failed to recognize that what makes them special isn't, you know, the isolation. You know, even though they have the talent to do that, especially when Steph's rolling, uh, what makes them special is the ball movement that they have, the fact that everybody's a threat, you know, and they can always get good looks. They went away from that a lot. Like, they had that one good shot where Steph was wide open for three and he missed it, which was strange, but, you know, was the new normal <laughs> in the last few weeks of the playoffs. And then after that, they did. They just kind of went into isolation chucking, which, <laughs> conversely, I mean, the Cavs were basically doing the same thing, but that's kind of their thing, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So what you have to do if you're the Warriors is you know, create better looks for yourself with your movement, and they weren't doing it. They were going ISO for ISO, and it did not work out for them. And if there's, like, one team I wouldn't go ISO uh, for, for ISO against, that's, like, Cleveland, because exactly. they have the personnel to go ISO a lot more than Golden State does. Like, I agree with you. I think Steph really has the ability to, to, to be a great isolation player if needed. Right. But... They rarely need it, and mm-hmm. technically, I wouldn't even. I, I would argue that they shouldn't have needed it at all in Game Seven. They should have, like you said, just to move the ball, set a lot of screen and rolls. But there were a lot of these desperation shots. Like uh, I believe at the beginning of the game, they they started. I think Clay took like a heat check shot without having made a, a shot mm-hmm. beforehand. Like, and, and and I mentioned it on Twitter, and some of the feedback I got was, well, it's early. Those shots will, you know, will sort of like come back in value. It's fine. Well, I'm sitting here thinking if they didn't heat check three out of the first, I, I want to say like six shots, that could have been a totally different game. They could have actually won it. Yeah, exactly. I can't argue with that. They just didn't get quality looks too, you know, down the down the stretch because of that. And it's like, they kind of needed somebody to settle them down and say, hey, <laughs> this is not what we do. We yeah. we got to get better looks, you know. So they had plenty of chances. I mean, I don't know. It's funny how, you know, different narratives are, are, arise out of a game. But it's like, I don't know if we're talking about that enough. It's like, it really was anybody's game. Nobody could score for about five minutes. And yeah. You know, any one of those shots goes down, it could be a different game. But they couldn't make anything. So I, I'm completely flabbergasted by the fact that this series ended up being 703 points to Cleveland and 699 for wow. Golden State. Like this was about as close as you could possibly get in a seven-game series. And like I was sitting there thinking, we should just stretch it to like the best out of nine <laughs> to get like an idea of who's the best team right now. 
Yeah. Now, um, when when Cleveland won, it was well well earned. I mean, they just kicked their asses in game six and seven, and uh, they 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 played beautiful. Oh, game five as well. Right. Um, I really have no words for how the Cavs played in those final three games. It seemed like they had figured them out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's saying a lot because. Golden State is really tough to figure out because of their ball movement, their shooting ability, the fact that Steph can pull up from freaking 38 feet, and I'm not even being sarcastic. I mean, they were so unpredictable, but somehow it seemed like Cleveland was ready for the unpredictable. Yep. And they just started answering. I I, I have to say that probably the last three games of that series were the most that I've actually appreciated and enjoyed watching LeBron play. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it was... The fact that he was making like mid-range shots and threes, which you know he doesn't often do. Uh, the fact that he, his numbers were insane, or I think probably coupled with the fact that he wasn't playing my team, so I could enjoy it a little more. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but I, I really appreciated the way that he played. And then Kyrie, like we have to give Kyrie credit because, you know, even LeBron there at the end of, of Game Seven was really struggling to get a bucket. Like he. Everything was short. He had like a little hook shot in the lane that came off the front of the rim. Yeah. Kyrie was the one who pulled up, put it down. <laughs> that, that was, was awesome. a ballsy shot. Yeah. <laughs> like when I saw it, I just, as soon as he released it, I just had a feeling this one is going to go in. Mm-hmm. Like this game had that vibe, you know, coming down, not that much time left. Kyrie against Curry. I just had a feeling he he would drain that one. Like it, it that entire game just had some sort of smell to it. Like, it would finish in a very awesome way. Yeah. Like, I, But you you didn't know, like, who would make the big shot, if it would be Golden State or it would be Cleveland. And, and then Kyrie just came up, and when he took that isolation three out of Steph, he just kind of sat there went, all right, there it was. There was the thing I've been waiting for by somebody, regardless of who, and then it just stuck. And mm-hmm. they kept the lead. Was, I, I, I was really surprised that the that Golden State get, didn't get like a better offensive set going afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, credit to Kevin Love for for getting out on Steph. But yeah. Yeah, uh, I think Steph even mentioned that afterwards that that particular possession he probably should have tried to go by Kevin instead of just <laughs> dancing and dancing and trying to get that three. Yeah. Um he did say that he settled too much and that's probably true. But, uh, yeah, they they were just weird, you know, like all all mm. game, but especially that last five or six minutes. It's even the last possession. I mean, they're fair enough. They're down four, and they only have a few seconds left. But they lost a bunch of seconds looking for the three, and then you know, I think it ended up out of bounds. And it was just, it was a very strange yeah. ending to the game. Yeah, that that. Uh behind the back pass Curry had mm. that went out of bounds as well. Like that I, I I mean everyone had the same reaction on Twitter as well. Everyone was like, what was he thinking? Like what where the hell was his head at? And I'm wondering if LeBron in some of the previous games where he just blocked his shot in Cleveland and he like looked at him. I don't know. I, I have this feeling he just somehow got into his head. Like significantly so because Curry just did not seem like himself at all and it seemed like he was very timid tried to avoid contact and and he played like th- through the motions really 
It's, it's weird, because people say, well, he throws that a lot. Well, yeah, but, you know, that's like a game 41 against Minnesota pass, you know, not a, <laughs> not a game seven of the finals pass. So, yeah, yeah it, it was strange. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe LeBron did get in his head. Maybe his, his knee was hurting. I have no idea. But I think people have pointed out that his numbers in the paint went way down kind of as yeah. the playoffs went on when he's usually a really good finisher. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah, LeBron got to a couple of them, but he didn't get to all of them. So I'm not sure what happened. But, yeah, we got to talk about that block. That block oh, was insane. I was because I had just tweeted. I'm like, man, Kyrie has to touch the ball more here. Yeah, because he, he really had it rolling earlier. LeBron's slowing down right now. Let's get Kyrie the ball on offense, see what happens. And then Kyrie threw up that floater that was like the worst miss <laughs> he could have had. And here comes Steph and Iggy, and you think for sure this is two points. There's no way. Oh, yeah. There's no way it isn't. Oh, yeah. And it, I literally did not see LeBron coming. Like, he came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was out of my seat across the room screaming, like, are you kidding me? I don't know how Brian didn't bring his plane down. He said he streamed the final half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, he how did he react to that? <laughs> That was insane. What a play. What that a was play. a Tayshawn block. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's so I, weird. At, at first, I thought he like would hit the backboard with the ball. Mm. Like, the ball hit the backboard first, and, right. and I was expecting a whistle. And then the replay came, and he was like, like how close was that? <laughs> it was, but he got it. He definitely he got did. it. He did. It was weird, because, like, Iggy, he kind of double-clutched it. We have to give credit. I think it was JR who was back. And so Iggy kind of, kind of double clutched under Jr., which took a like a that fraction of a second longer, and then it was weird because his shot it didn't like go into the backboard it went like straight up before mm. like if he could have just gotten it off the glass just a little sooner, but yeah. but he didn't. LeBron got to it, just insane. And LeBron, LeBron hasn't done that chase down for a while. Mm-hmm. It seems like he did it a lot. Um, early on with Miami and and during his first stint with the Cavs, and then when he returned to Cleveland, it seemed like yeah he wasn't going to rely on his athleticism a whole lot anymore. But this was Game Seven; he wasn't about to go out like that. Yep. He was just, he took everything he had and then just pounded away defensively, offensively. That block, I mean, my God! And like that, this adds to the legacy of LeBron. I think. After the game, I saw you know a lot of hot takes from a lot of people, right? So so they are to be ignored because a lot of people at that point are caught up in feelings and and whatever. Right. But I mean, I I do think he's now solidified himself as a top five player of all time. Not to go into like the rankings debate because mm-hmm. uh, then we could sit here for hours. But yeah, I mean, I, I have him in my, in my in my top five now just because of this series and what he did. Like this was David versus Goliath. Yeah, and it wasn't just one throw of a stone. This was like so many throws. He just kicked Goliath's ass, right? And and you got to give him props for that. Like one thing I want to note, which is also the the criticism that went against him, because of course LeBron is going to get critiqued for something. Oh, he had Kyrie. He had Kevin Love. <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> I mean, I get the 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 prime Dwayne Wade and prime Chris Bosh argument. I get that, yeah. but like Kevin Love played horrifically, and Kyrie even at his best. And I and I have you know developed a higher appreciation for Kyrie. He's still a one end player. 
his defense is still shoddy. So, I mean, these are not like Wade and Bosch. I mean, and if you're trying to compare those two with Wade and Bosch, yeah, Kyrie and Kevin are going to lose every single time. Mm. So I felt this was not like a LeBron star team. This was just a very good squad surrounding him, and he made the most of it. Yeah. So the whole LeBron had stars all around him, cliche, not working this year around. Not this time. Yeah. And I mean, how many teams that have won championships can you point at and say, well, they had like one star who drug them to the championship? <laughs> That's just Dallas. not how it works, usually. Yeah, yeah, okay, the Mavs. But you still have Jason Kidd. His yeah. twilight years, sure, but, but you know, so... Just... No, but you're right. Like that's that's really the exception, right? Yeah. Dallas. I mean, I, I can't really think of anyone else. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's tough to knock a player for that. And like you said, Miami makes sense. Okay, especially since he sought it out, and you know they planned that, mm. and they were in their primes at the time. But yeah, yeah, I would agree with you that Dwayne and Bosch were better players to begin with. You know. Than, than Kevin and Kyrie. But the point that you made about Kyrie's uh, defense, I want to go back to that quick because I think I didn't want to make this point right after because I didn't want to rain on the parade, but I think this playoffs showed me that I want to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie giving a darn about defense more often because yeah. when they did, I thought they were, you know, Kevin Durant was really good. Kyrie was at least passable when he cared, you know, when he really was putting the effort in. I just want to see that more often. It's like, where is that all season long? Because they're certainly capable of doing more than what they do in the regular season. So I need to see it. And, and when you say Durant, uh, I mean, are you talking about, like, overall some of the star players who could like participate more defensively or did you mean Kevin Love? No, I mean Durant going back to uh to the Western Conference finals. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, yeah that's true. He actually like he had moments there where you could see like in that in the in the conference final series where when he was on defensively, he was a complete game changer, mm-hmm. especially on Dre. Mm-hmm. And then on the the few occasions where he lapsed they just, I mean, it was a whole different Oklahoma City squad. So I agree with you. He, he's he got, like, so much defensive potential. So much. The long arms, the long legs, the athleticism. Like, yeah, and, and Kyrie, I'm, Kyrie doesn't really have a whole lot of that. But I, I do think he's got the movement, though. I right. do think he, because he shadows the ball well. And it, does, it doesn't seem like he loses his man. It's more like that he, he, he loses him off a screen, maybe. But but he if he just fights through a little bit more and maybe watches some more tape and and finds some higher form of appreciation for angles and and location and figuring out okay where's this guy where does this guy like to get his shots then yeah I think he could actually become better mm-hmm. uh, I think what there were some lapses in the finals where you kind of saw the problem but right. yeah I, I I do agree that he's got more potential as defender than what he's shown yeah. Yeah. Um, same goes for Damian Lillard, honestly. Yeah, yeah. 
and I going mean, back and his canter <laughs> you know he showed oh, yeah. potential in the playoffs too it's like everyone thought he was terrible now he everyone complained that spurs didn't mix him up in pick and roll enough but you know he definitely looked better in the playoffs and met the challenges much more than he ever had in his career before then it's like you know there's you know every team has vulnerabilities and holes right but there yeah. are some that we're realizing when people play at their top level don't need to be the holes that they are <laughs> yeah like Kyrie doesn't need to be a huge hole on on defense no um yeah so <laughs> i just i was excited by the way that they played it like i just want to see more players caring about playing on both ends all the time like Kawhi. and then people made jokes about uh lebron not caring about defense anymore throughout the regular season and a lot of times it seemed true you know but i mean he carries more of a load so i kind of understand that and he's getting older but um yeah i just want to see players giving it everything on both ends yeah, and, and the, the LeBron point is true. I mean, I, I do think that even during his prime, he did have a tendency to just like step up for two minutes mm-hmm. and then step back down. He wasn't really all that consistent, and all the uh, defensive player of the year talk was dreadfully premature as far as I was concerned. Right. But outside of that, he, he definitely was the most consistent uh, defender when he wanted to. Like, when he wanted to, he was by far the most consistent defender uh, in playoff series and, and in games. And, like, we saw, it, we saw it here in the finals. He was continuously on, on both ends. Yep. In Miami, we saw him at, at times coast throughout the course of a series. And then when it was time, he would step up and he would get all, those, the, all this credit. Hey, LeBron, shut down this guy for two minutes and close the game. Yeah, but you wouldn't have had needed to do that if you'd stepped up prior to the game. But yeah, okay, yep. so be it. But now, in the this in this round particularly, when he knew that Kyrie and Love weren't like big defensive assets, yeah, he he knew it was up to him, and he freaking did it. Like he, the way that he guarded Draymond at times, like just just denying him simple entry passes to Bogut or just preventing him for passing the ball around to, you know, to, to cutting Steph or Clay and man, I mean, that was, that was some wicked individual defense. Yep. Yep. Definitely. We just, yeah, we need to see that. Like you said, you know, I I understand that he's getting older, but yeah, Yeah. there are definitely times that he takes off and, and people, don't usually want to call him out for it because he's LeBron, I guess. But like you said, he's he's done that throughout his career. You know, when he wants to be <laughs> on, he's on, and you can see that he's still capable, plenty capable, as a defender. But it just depends at how interested he is at the time. That actually reminds me. I, I've got a little bit of a theory regarding the whole anti-LeBron crowd. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the pro-LeBron. Crowd. I don't think really it's it's a discussion about LeBron per se. I think it's because when when you have people who grow up with LeBron as their primary player, they're more more inclined to dismiss previous legends and previous players, and then tr- try to sort of enhance LeBron's worth and place him in in areas where he may not be deserving of, at least not yet. And I think that has pissed off a lot of people who maybe watched the games for a long time and knows that, okay, he's great, 
but don't crown his ash yet. And that has somehow taken a life of, the, of its own. And now when LeBron is meeting criticism, it's not really, it's, this is just my personal opinion. I don't think it's painted on him specifically, but it's more like an attempt to quiet the, the LeBron fans because this finals in particular, I mean, we, I, I saw at least like the anti-crowd and the pro-crowd come out and both of them had so many ridiculous arguments. It's, it, it, it really, I mean, my, my eyes still hurt, Sarah. Mm. It, I mean, it's just like, I just want to quote Joaquin Renoa right now. Like, where's the love? Just <laughs> forget about all that. Just, just, just enjoy it. Shut the hell up about all that. Doesn't he'll find his place in history on his own? Yeah, like, and we don't have to yeah. decide it right now, especially since the guy's still playing. Exactly. And that's you know, this isn't usually like we're in a rush, like you said, to to try and write down history now, all the time as it's happening before it happens. Mm. That's not how it works. Yeah, I was on Facebook the other day, which is a place that you should never go, and I saw <laughs> a LeBron fan. And this was, you know, well before the finals was over, somewhere in the middle. And there was some kind of picture that he posted, and and his argument was, well, this is what sets us apart from you Steph Curry fans, is we've been with LeBron from day one. We rooted for him, you know, when he was a rookie, (laughs) when he was drafted. And, like, do you really think, that you deserve all that much credit for that. He he's been exalted since he was in high school. Like he yeah. he's been the chosen one forever. And so I don't think you get a lot of credit for being with him from day one because everybody has been with him from day one. Everyone knew he was going to be really really good. Mm. So I, to compare that to Curry, <laughs> I just think it's kind of silly. It's yeah, there are so many silly arguments that. Like you said, why? This is so unnecessary. And, and yeah, just enjoy, first of all, two great players. And second of all, what turned out to be a really great series. So, Yeah. No, really think about it. Like in 2001, which is 15 years ago, that's when the bus uh, around LeBron really started. Mm-hmm. That's a long-ass time. And he's he's only th- 31 right now. Yep. I mean, yeah. So so yeah, I totally get what you're saying. He he might have been the he might be the most talked about player of all time. Probably, I remember seeing a high school game of his on ESPN way way yeah. back. You know, it's like he's been around. He's been talked about. He's been called at you know a great one, the next one, the chosen one, the next MJ, whatever. Since he was a kid, so to to say, oh, well, we deserve credit because we've been with him from the beginning. Oh, I mean, I guess, but <laughs> not really. <laughs> it's it's okay. Calm down. I I don't understand why people would need to discredit like Warriors fans. Like I I know that there's a lot of Steph fans right now who's come out like a, becoming bandwagon fans, but there's like a healthy dose of Warriors fans that've been there since he he was yeah. drafted. Like, yes. Why should they be dismissed? They're sitting there going, well, well, we. Hey, hello, we rooted for him from the very first day. Exactly. Yeah, well, credit to you guys. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, like you said, Warriors fans have been down. Like, they, they've always been good fans. So, yeah, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Spe- speaking of Facebook, by the way, and, and, you know, the fact that people have a tendency to, to like, crown careers before they even begin. Mm-hmm. 
I actually saw a link. Some of my friends liked it, so you know, it pops up in my feed. Right. Where it says, um, "Is Ben Simmons destined already to become a Hall of Famer?" Like it's <laughs> the dude hasn't even gotten drafted yet, oh. and I mean, wow. Wow, people are so quick. Like, if he has but one bad rookie season, then that talk is all going to go away and people are going to discredit him. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. a bust already. Is he the biggest bust of the last decade? Yeah, it'll yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> there'll definitely be that. And it would be like in a slideshow because then it's <laughs> going to be like, watch here, the top 10 busts of all time. And it's going to be so horrifically put together. And. Oh, man. Why, Morton? Me. Why do we want to do that? Like, I it don't doesn't know. make sense. Just... Media sucks, Sarah. <laughs> media sucks. And that's why I'm 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 entering the field Pursuing of media it? because yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm an I'm an idiot. So But okay, well we ever everyone knew knew that in beforehand, so You're gonna yeah. you're gonna turn it around though. It is it is weird though. Like I guess it's like the desire to be uh, first on the bus, you know, like I'm gonna be the one who calls it. Ben Simmons is gonna be a Hall of Famer. But I I don't know. <laughs> There's no way to know that now. Let's just watch him for a season or two and see what happens yeah yeah like he could be good he could become decent it's just i like the fact of not knowing as well Mm -hmm. that's one of my biggest enjoyments when it comes to basketball like some of the best things i know is watching like if you can't watch every game obviously but so in the morning if you didn't catch a couple of games then you obviously check the box scores and then sometimes the guy pops out and you start thinking, okay, he's had like three, four good games in a row, like really good games. From from my case, it was Will Barton. Mm-hmm. And then I started picking it up a little bit and started watching some games with him and he kept doing it and he kept getting good. I love that feeling of seeing someone just break into the scene and, and prove how good he is, right. come out of nowhere. That's that's part of the romanticism with the NBA, that you never really know who can step up, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of having all these predictions, and hell, I'm pro- I've am written about 2,000 articles in my life, so I'm pretty sure I've said something similar at some point. Uh, yeah. But uh, man, I, I just appreciate the fact that people can come out of the woodworks and just, yeah. Well, yeah, they, yeah, it doesn't happen for everybody right away. They don't come in as all-stars, but they improve. And that's beautiful to see a person put in the work and just continuously get better. I mean, like you said, that is that is one of the best things about sports is kind of how unpredictable it is, which is a great segue into <laughs> if you want to talk about how we look at this season. Uh, to me, oh, yeah. it's a success because I think... <laughs> We, we often have it be the case that the team that everyone thinks is going to win the championship doesn't win. and But this year it seemed written in stone from the very beginning of the season. You know, we all knew the Warriors have this. Who's going to be second place, really? And we thought we knew that, too. It's like, well, the Cavs and the Warriors are going to the finals. The uh, Warriors are going to win. Yeah. And it was just great to have, I mean, obviously not for Warriors fans, and I'm sorry, but <laughs> it was just nice that, you know, it, it proved itself true again. It's unpredictable, and that's why the saying, they, that's why they play the games, exists. You know, you don't know yeah. what's going to happen. No, I, I agree. I, I thought the regular season, and to a larger extent, uh, a big chunk of the playoffs this year was bad. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think the NBA saw a loss of 
competitiveness this year because so many teams are rebuilding and retooling. Um, I mean, hell, if we look at the Atlanta Hawks, I believe they won 48 games this year. At the trading deadline, they were considering blowing it up. Mm. Like This is a team that finished like third or fourth in the East, and at the deadline, they were like, maybe we should blow it up. That's like the mentality of so many teams right now because they're looking at the Warriors uh, and they're looking at San Antonio and they're thinking, okay, for the next two or three years, we don't have any chance anyway, so we might as well rebuild. It seems like that's been going around. Combine that with disappointments like Milwaukee and Chicago, and you got a a league that suddenly is missing in, in competitiveness, honestly. And not not suggesting that records were inflated or whatever. I mean, make that assumption, make those assumptions on your own. But I I, I do think it was a worse product overall this year than we've seen in previous years. But just because of these finals and the Western Conference finals, you're at least left with a very good taste in your mouth from this season. But my God, was that necessary? Because the the opening rounds of the playoffs, that was that was some of the worst horseshit I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not great, that's for sure. And I usually will watch the Eastern Conference, especially like the first round, but I just couldn't get through much of it this year. There's a lot of it that I just skipped because I just I could not get into it. So. It's sad, but like you said, I think we ended on a high note. That's the good news. Hopefully next year it'll turn around again. Because remember, 2015 was insane, Like especially in the West. The race out there was ridiculous. So maybe we were just owed a down year after that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it makes sense. I mean, no, no, it was a great year uh, last year around. But but you're absolutely right, especially about the, regarding the East. When when I was watching the Eastern Conference playoffs, I I couldn't get into Boston Atlanta. I mean, I I knew Boston would be good, and I knew Atlanta, you know, had a good season last year and all. But at no point did I feel like, well, one of those team, one of these teams can go to the finals. Mm-hmm. I just knew that both of them were doomed. We all did, and that just lowered the enjoyment of it. Yeah, and it doesn't help, like, you know, there's always injuries, but then as Bradley goes down and it's like, oh, well, yeah. there goes any chances had to be interesting at all. So, yeah, but like you said, it's, it's so strange the number of teams that are trying to blow it up. It's like, there's been that debate all year long, too. It's like, is it, is it better to start over if you can't, if you feel like you're not going to win a championship or... You know, there's obviously some merit to staying together and being really good. And, hey, there's human element. Like, you don't know what's going to happen to another mm. team. If somebody else gets knocked out for some reason, injury or anything else, you're right there. Or do you want to go all the way back to zero? It's it's an interesting argument. And I, mean, I have to agree that, you know, I'd rather my team be really good than be terrible. But I mean, there is... I guess a shelf life for every team, you know. There is like you've talked about the Bulls. You you want to break up what they've got going now because you feel like it's time to start. A, you know, we haven't been able to break through 
and everybody's getting older, so it's time, which I can understand. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's interesting. I just think, you know, I'm wondering how long this whole warrior's reign is going to last. So yeah, everyone's acting like it's here for for a long time. And I think they're going to be good for for many years. But I just don't know if everybody needs to overreact, you know, to the small ball thing. It's like, I want to see how long it really lasts. Now, a lot of teams are going for length and for just smaller, quicker. So maybe it'll be around for a while. But I just think these trends have a way of, you know, recycling and coming back around. It would be Mm. great if, you know, a few years down the line we go back to the true centers being in the league. Uh, But it's just, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I don't I don't think they need to, like I said, overreact completely. And we can go back to we didn't really talk about what Joe Lacob said when he said it. We kind of we kind of avoided that, and it's probably been beaten into the ground. But I just think you know obviously what he said is not why they lost, but kind of what happened is why you don't say things like that because you really <laughs> don't know what can happen. Um, you know rooting for a team that's won more than one of these in the last like 20 years i would say i've seen it all like i've seen the spurs only kept a championship team together once in five championship teams yeah whether you want to keep them together or not things happen and like you said as soon as the pieces start leaving the chemistry changes the threats change everything changes so you just don't know and then like they saw this year you know that they got torn down last year for playing teams that weren't healthy, and they said, what can we do? We played who was in front of us, and that's absolutely the truth. But then they saw this year, you know, it's harder to compete when you're not at 100%, and a lot of times teams aren't. It's just it's just a way of life in the NBA. So that, that all was interesting to me. I think in part Michael Jordan's Bulls sort of ruined the NBA in that regard because when they won – two times three in a row that hadn't been done since the Celtics I believe in the 60s someone might uh, correct me on that one um, so, so it was like a whole new way of, of, of seeing things that he was a team that could win three in a row mm-hmm. twice in the 90s in this in this modern age so that somehow became not I don't want to say the norm but the the expectation and then when the Lakers did it in the early 2000s, that sort of cemented this idea that you had to win three in a row to be considered truly great. And the Spurs have got a lot of heat for never repeating. But that's ridiculous because they won five. Right. And you have to look at the big picture. And as you say, which I couldn't agree with more, is things happen. Like <laughs> the Ray Allen shot is like the perfect, perfect situation. If Duncan is in there and he and he somehow boxes, uh, I, I think Bosch Bosh, out of yep. the way. I mean, and he grabs that rebound. The Spurs win it. They win everything. But then in 2014, it could be a whole different series yep. because then Miami would come in and with a totally different mindset, and the Spurs probably wouldn't have run them over the, in the way that they did because the Spurs wouldn't have had that chip on their shoulder. So, yeah, it's. It is so random. And yeah. I think we as fans need to accept that the NBA is random. 
especially to to enjoy ourselves. I don't want to see anything that we already know from the season's beginning. I, I, I think this was a hell of a lot of fun to see a big time surprise. And people have been like calling me out in the day, you know, in Denmark because like, yeah, you said the Warriors were going to win. No, I just gave you my prediction. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I didn't know. I liked the fact that we saw something different. I liked the fact that we saw an upset. I love upsets. Right. That's terrific. And it keeps the game interesting. Like, wouldn't we have all been bored as hell if the Dubs had come in and won four, four straight? Yeah. Boom, finals done. Exactly. Yeah, it was a million times better, obviously, what we got. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm sure Warriors fans didn't enjoy it. But, yeah, it was it was fantastic to watch the Cavaliers respond because I'm sure none of us really expected them to do it. So not only, oh, not, not only respond, but yeah, to come back from three, one that has never been done in the finals before. Yeah. It's amazing. And of course the Draymond card is going to be pulled at some point, And I get that, but I mean, I, I have a hard time accepting that as a factor because he put himself in that situation Okay, fair enough. That specific non-foul on LeBron or whatever happened to that skirmish there, that that's yeah, you could argue the merits of that all day long. But I'm looking at the all the technicals and the flagrants he picked up prior exactly. to that. Mm -hmm. Like he put himself in this his own in this situation whether Warriors fans wish to admit that or not. And that's what I have a problem with. So when people say, well, he, if he had played, well, he couldn't because he, he screwed up. So, like, let's just stick to the facts. Like, right. he screwed up. That's why he wasn't there. So I, I, I think it's a shame that people take something away from the Cavs just because right. Draymond wasn't there. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I think there's an argument to be made there, a small one, as far as him not being there for a game. But. If anything, yeah, the responsibility for that goes on to him, not the NBA. Uh, you, yeah. could, you could argue that he should have been suspended earlier in the playoffs. He got away plenty of times, you know, and he should have learned then, and he didn't. He just keeps doing the same stuff. He keeps, you know, it, you've seen him do that game after game, too, where he gets a technical and he's still going after the referees, and he's lucky yeah. they don't throw him out. So, you know, and and still I don't think, you know, that's a great argument either against what the Cavs did because they still beat them three times with Draymond. Um, I just, like you said, that's that's on his shoulders, if anything. Um, and it looked like he was going to redeem himself because he had a fantastic Game 7. Yeah. He, like he was not going to let them lose, but it just quite didn't quite work out for him. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know, bud. <laughs> I, I'd have to agree with you, though. Yeah, that's yeah, that's on him. It's just weird seeing like all the narratives out there, mm -hmm. because this to me was arguably one of the most entertaining final series I've ever seen. And, and oh, that's not arguable by the way. But it, it is like it's subjective, but it, yeah. like maybe a top five for me. If, and I have this tendency every summer to just go to youtube and, and watch old old final series because oh i i just love the intensity this one in my eyes is like an instant classic just like it was in 2014 the dominance of this the spurs i just i i must have watched like game five over and over again because that was just that was so good so good so entertaining and 
This, for me, the, the surprise factor, LeBron's redemption, everything, the whole storyline to it, it's just... Oh, it's so great, and I just... The, the fact that people crab on it, I, I just don't get it. Like, it, it seems that narratives are beginning to push the overall enjoyment of the league. Mm. And that's, from my perspective, a concern. Yeah, it's just not necessary, like you said. So we just enjoy things as they come. I, I understand that those in in media have a job to do. Like I love how we sit here talking about it. I guess technically that's what we're doing, but we're also just <laughs> we're just shooting the breeze, or... <laughs> we're we're just we're just yeah. And you know what? Here here's our uh, like preface. We're not getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is totally a for free type of thing. <laughs> yeah, completely. So yeah, yeah. So we might as well be like in a barber shop right now. But we're not. Yeah, or next to Skip Bayless because oh, you know, I, I, I can't imagine him being paid at all. But if somehow he is, like, <laughs> wow, he wanted Kyrie for the MVP after seeing what LeBron did. Like, obviously he was, he was trolling. He wanted retweets. He wanted all those things. But yeah, he's he's going down with that ship though. He's he's, yeah. he's not backing off. I it's guess so fitting. He's moving to Fox of all places. <laughs> it's special. That's real special. <laughs> yeah. That, you know what? I, I forgot. You mentioned uh, about the argument against the Spurs and how, you know, t- to be a real dynasty, you got to win you know, consecutive years. Mm. And uh, I'm kind of glad you brought that up just because I've always wanted to say that. It's like, first of all, I just feel like Phil Jackson is trolling Spurs fans because he loves to do it. So, I, you know, I don't know... <laughs> how much how much I give to that but I will say I would rather have my team be a 50 win team every year be in contention win five championships over however many years than you know win three in a row and then be out of the playoffs for a few years and then win two and then be out again you know (laughs) I would rather have my team be good every freaking year and I wouldn't trade that for if you want to call it a dynasty technically or not i don't care i really do not <laughs> it's it's been a pleasure watching them do what they do so really really could not care any less if you look at like the championship window um dallas had mm-hmm. for a long while and let, let's assume for a second they they don't make it to the finals in 2011 or maybe loses it like, they would still have had such a long-ass open window just to be competitive with, with Dirk. And before before um, uh, Jason, it, it was Steve Nash and it was Michael Findlay. And then they switched, like, their, their, their roster around a little bit, but they stayed in the playoff picture. I loved how Mark Cuban set those guys up for, like, that 12-year, I want to say 12-year window. That I, I think it must have been so much fun to be a Dallas fan. Mm-hmm all those years even if you took away the one title in 11 i think that would i think every dallas fan was just loving every second of it so i i would agree with that i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> so just to, just to wrap it up sarah regarding lebron and the fact that he wanted in cleveland a, a town that hasn't won anything since 1964 which is utterly amazing 
like what does this mean for for not only his legacy? You know, I think what it means. I think we all know what it means for his legacy, but like the legacy of him in Cleveland specifically. Like, is he a god now? I was just gonna say that's the word that comes to mind, isn't it? You have to hold him up because yeah. I'm sure he is. You know, he and he already. It's funny because you always say about players like, oh, if they win a championship in that town, they'll never buy a drink there again. I think he already probably was at that status in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was iffy because he left for a little bit there, but once he came back, I mean, he's such a great player. He was always kind of the the chosen favorite son. And then to do this, I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, I couldn't even put that into words. What I'm sure he means to the entire state. Um, I had, I have a friend who, <laughs> I knew him back in like second and third grade. And we haven't really seen each other since then because that's kind of the way it is. We, we were both military brats. So he ended up in Alaska. I ended up in Texas. Um but he was like the most diehard Cleveland and just Ohio in general fan that I've ever known. Like the well, the most diehard fan period that I know. He was dedicated. Like when we were kids, I have pictures of him still. He's like in Ohio State gear. He was a huge Cleveland Indian fan, and especially the Cavs too. And so I was thrilled for him uh, after Game Seven. <laughs> It's like, it's, it's like he finally he finally got one and it's father's day and he's an, a father and he he's you know his father passed on the ohio fandom to him and i was reading a post that they they made to each other on facebook to this morning and i was like welling up with tears just reading it you know because it means so much to them to to have each other and to to have this championship and to be able to celebrate it together um so, yeah, I can't even, I'm sure LeBron is, like you said, just about on God status, probably, at this point. That's a beautiful story. Sport, <laughs> sports sports can be special. I mean, yep. it, th- this is one of the things that I get asked a lot about in my life, especially from, like, female co-workers. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Morgan, you write about sports, and you talk into a microphone about them. Like, Why? <laughs> Why is that important? It's just people walking around with a ball. Uh, no, no, it's more than that. It's it's there's there's feeling there's there's camaraderie there's teamwork there there are personal interactions that come with it. It's it's not so much the game and the sport itself. It's what surrounds it, right. the feelings around it. I, I don't think I can ever convince a non-sports person to, to to like get a get a sense of how important it is, and that's fine. But if they somehow experience it on their own, they'll all go like, "Oh, I get it. It makes sense now." Uh, you know, I, I get why people always say. I also say that, yeah, sports is a waste of time. We should talk about politics and the important stuff. I, I get the sense of it, but like, what is life without? the enjoyment factor mm. like whatever you're into if it's sports or if it's movies or puppet shows i mean whatever the hell it is you need that right. one outlet in your life and for us it's sports and i couldn't be happier i i think that fulfills me in any in, in every way imaginable like I, I have my four-year-old son who comes up to me and and 
you know, sits next to me in the, on the couch when I turn on a game and he asks me, like, what is his name? What is his name? What are What is the team called? Why That man jumped a lot. Like, <laughs> it's there's just something special about it because you just know he's going to think back on it when he's older and he's going to remember sitting next to daddy watching basketball games in the early morning. And I, I just think that carries so much weight. And one, in these finals in particular, I could totally see all these Cleveland fans... Ohio fans, honestly, just embrace and, and have a moment that will last them the rest of their lives. Yeah. And that's special. Definitely. And it's, like you said, it's more to the fact that, you know, who, who are you watching the game with, you know? It's like, for me, I've always been with my family, especially when the, when the Spurs have won titles. But it's like, even when they don't win, it doesn't matter. It's time spent together. And, you know... <laughs> I'd say that for Cleveland fans, I'm sure this title is all the more sweeter because of all the years of misery, you know? And <laughs> yeah. and I'm sure they say, well, it's easy for you to say that because you're a Spurs fan. Yeah, well, I'm also a Philadelphia Eagles fan, still waiting. <laughs> so <laughs> I can tell you. And, and just from, like, just from 2013, like, I'm so grateful for that whole experience. That whole freaking year from June 13 to June 14. Yeah. Because it was the highest of highs and the lowest of lows that's, that sports can give you. you know, and I don't, like you said, I don't know that we would have had the one without the other. So I don't care that they didn't repeat. Like, I'd take that whole ride over again in an instant, if you ask me. I remember saying in 13 to my mom, I'm crying it tonight no matter what. <laughs> I'm going to cry if they win. I'm going to cry <laughs> if they lose. And I said the same thing in 14. And I cried both times. I remember crying, like, on the floor of my mother's bathroom in 13. I was so devastated. You know, she's like, it's okay. Like, you know, because you do. You think, it's yeah. just sports. It's okay. You gotta, you gotta let this one go. And I woke up with that feeling for most of the summer. I would wake up, and it was like how you feel literally when, when someone you love has passed away. You think the first is the first thing you think about when you wake up, and you think. Yeah. You try to tell yourself it was a bad dream. And then you realize that it wasn't, and it, it hits you all over again. And it, it was like that all freaking summer. And then to have that team give us the ride that they gave us, <laughs> to to show the character that they showed, and to come back, man. I, that was I, like a newborn. Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't ask for anything more. And it's funny, too, because I was thinking about, um, like, you know, we were talking about how everybody matters on the team like say patty mills had been injured that year they may not have won in 2014 you know what i'm saying like he was actually hurt in 13 and he didn't play as much anyway that was the thing that happened the next year that where he became more part of the team it's like yeah. all that stuff matters and i don't think you know we always notice as much because we just want to talk about well timmy and LeBron or LeBron and Steph, well, there are other things going on that contributes to who wins the championship and who doesn't. Yeah, Richard Jefferson's story in right? this finals was amazing. And then he he announces his retirement, which is just in a way fitting. Mm -hmm. Like so I I know people would like, "No, don't retire, RJ. You just want a title. Come back to repeat it." No. For him, the golden moment was winning a title and then quitting while he was ahead yep. which is beautiful in its own right As i i mean that's that's why i hate watching the 98 finals like the last game mm -hmm. 
when Mike took that last shot. I, I hate I don't hate watching the shot, but I hate the fact that when I watch it, I'm reminded that was his last one. And by the way, everything he did in a supposedly blue uniform, <laughs> photoshopped, Premiere po- Pro, I don't care. It didn't happen. Did not happen. Did not happen. La 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 la. <laughs> covering my eyes. But you just knew that that was that was the last shot, and that that was heartbreaking as well as tremendously joyful because it won them the championship and he he went out the way he did and man sports sports yeah. are amazing so they really are I mean, yeah so they're they're a reflection of life it's not you know and sometimes yeah you're getting away from stuff and you just it is escapism somewhat but it is more than that and you know it actually reminds me of did you ever watch the show friday night lights Friday Night Lights? Yes. Nope. Okay, well, it's probably, you know, in my opinion, one of the best shows to ever be on television. And a lot of people stayed away from it. I remember seeing that argument as people who weren't football fans or who didn't like sports. They go, I don't want to watch a show about sports. And it was about so much more than that. (laughs) And that's kind of sports in general. But I think that show was a great reflection of that being true. It's that sports can can bring out so much in people, and like you said, it's just a reflection of life. It's just a different way of looking at it. So, you know, also, first of all, I would recommend that show to you and to anyone who hasn't watched it, because I think it was a shame that it didn't find more of an audience. Uh, But like you said, you know, sports, it's the same thing with sports. I think, you know, if there's just a way that you could get people to to engage i think that they would see what we see but i mean it's okay if they don't like it (laughs) you know everybody likes different things like you said it's whatever works for you so that's okay just added it to my watch list awesome (laughs) yeah i i I was a um oh oh it's i'm just seeing now it's a movie i thought it was a, a series actually yeah there's there was a movie but the series i think the movie is good too but the series in my opinion is even better oh okay yeah, I, I was like a um, <laughs> a One Tree Hill type mm-hmm. of guy because when when I got lured into that series, I was I think eighteen or something like that, and it had a very basketball centric feel right. to it. That they later went away away from that. It was all about intrigue and murders and whatnot. <laughs> so it's like, okay, <laughs> well, fair enough. But I'm already here, so I'm just I might as well conclude it. But that first season where it was about basketball and family and. and yeah, it, it was obviously it was painted in a very negative portrayal of two guys disliking each other, but somehow finding common ground based on basketball that really appealed to me, and and that right now makes me think of something else because that was around the same time that LeBron was drafted, and I'm thinking here like Cleveland fans in in 2003 who knew they were getting LeBron in the draft. They've been waiting 13 years to see that draft pick take them to where they wanted to go. Like, screw the Miami trip. Just look at the overall uh, time that they just spent waiting. 13 years. I think that adds a lot to the experience. Like, with all respect to Magic Johnson and the Los Angeles Lakers fans out there, he won a title in his first year. Had he like first won his first title nine years in, I think it would have been so much more potent. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. 
It's funny because you brought that up and the same friend that I mentioned, I remember back in 07, him like sending me a note on Facebook trying to like talk trash. He's like, you've been a spoiled fan for way too long, but this year it's our year. And I was like, oh, buddy, (laughs) like, are you serious right now? Like, did did Cavs fans really think they were going to, I still don't know if he was joking or if he was for real. Like, that, that was definitely not your year, but yeah. All of that sets up to make this so much sweeter. There's no way that yeah. it doesn't. And with those very emotional words, um, it's time to wrap up this time. And Brian uh, will probably return the next time around. We're not sure. He's He's got a pretty busy schedule. And the draft is coming up, Sarah. And I'm not sure if we're going to get the last one in. Uh, I, I know that you're not too keen on talking draft prospects. <laughs> I'm just... You can go ahead and say that I'm not good at it, that I don't know what no. I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll we'll figure out when to uh, record the next time. But anyway, it was wonderful talking about basketball and, and life, Sarah. Always enjoyment. Same here. Always, always a pleasure. We'll talk next time. All right. See you. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.